0: This week, we're gonna talk about investors with delinquent tenants. So, let's get into it.
1: All right, Tom, so as the title said, uh, investors who own investment properties with delinquent renters. um, On the broader scope, so people understand The government uh, basically said or put into place that renters could basically not pay their rent or be given a bit of a break on their rent through COVID for the last 14 months. That's coming to an end. The government are basically saying that the eviction memoratorium is ending. So what does that mean, in your opinion, for landlords who own homes whose tenants haven't been paying how is all this going to shake out for them? Are they, are they going to be literally waiting for their tenants to turn up with a dump truck of cash? Like, how is this all
0: going to shake out? Well, Matt, it's first of all, thanks for being here and thanks for asking those questions. I've got some information here that uh, came from Moody's and Mark Sandy was one of the chief economists for Moody's, and um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but this has kind of shocked me, and I'm in the business. About eighteen percent. Our renters in America, or roughly 10 million people are behind in their rent payments at the beginning of April, okay? And approximately 7 million homeowners who lost their properties to foreclosure during the subprime rate, okay, are also in that same problem because they never repurchased a home. So the investors who have homes with tenants that are behind are gonna have a rude awakening when the eviction moratorium ends. And the awakening that I'm saying is that if they evict those people, there's another 10 million people out there that are probably going to get evicted or possibly could get evicted, right? So are you better off just evicting that tenant or would you be better off sitting down and trying to renegotiate with your tenant and not be so onerous on the, uh, Ability to get your money back right away. And what I mean by that is okay, let's say that we're on average about $5,600 behind in rent payments. That's an average across the United States. Now, if they didn't have the money to pay their rent, where are they going to get the $5,600 from, right? Mm -hmm. Are you better off going to the tenant and say, look, let's sit down and try and create a payment schedule that will work for you? Mm -hmm. All right. And as an example, let's say your rent was $1,000 a month and they haven't been paying anything for that entire period of time. You go, may want to go in and say instead of evicting you and being vacant for a month or two and maybe not being able to find a quality tenant out there, maybe we could start you off on your rent at $800 a month and do that for let's say six months. Then after six months, we'll escalate it to $900, and then the next year back to 1000 and then maybe the year after that, $1,100. Or $1, so you're slowly creeping them up in their rent payments to get you where your normal rent payment would be, and then maybe after that, collect a little bit more to offset. That's one way to negotiate, okay? Okay. Another way to negotiate is spread the delinquency out over the rental period of time. So as a simple example, let's say they're uh, $2,400 behind in rent, and you negotiate a two-year lease with them, which is 24 months, you could add $100 per month for the next 24 months to come back uh, into your pocket to offset the delinquency in revenues generated by the investor. So basically
1: you just, start a new lease with them exactly at an X amount of months to and increase that rental rate to cover, recoup what they haven't paid. Exactly. So with that being said, with a you know, with a lot of a lot of renters potentially being evicted because of not paying, is it does it make more sense to try and work with a renter and basically put yourself into a two-year lease with somebody and rebuild that? when there's going to be so many other renters out there looking for a place to re-rent because they've been evicted. If you're a, te- if you're a landlord, what, what really works best? Work with the people you've got or find somebody else and bring them in new and maybe even increase that rental rate anyway?
0: Well, you have to, you have to really analyze your tenants. Are they really decent people? Were they really affected by the COVID-19? Or were they like a lot of people, and I, I'm sad to say this, but that were just gaming the system? You know, they Just were t- able t- took a break. Exactly. They yeah. took a break and they were out buying big screen TVs. Um, not everybody, obviously, because some people were really hurt by this, okay? And they were getting these stimulus checks and all that. Did any of that stimulus money go to help the landlord? I would say not in general. Obviously, there's going to be exceptions everywhere. What the landlord needs to do is try and rebuild that relationship with his tenant or her tenant that there's a trust factor redeveloped, right? Because a lot of these landlords are going, listen, you've been freeloading for so long, um, I'm just getting rid of you. And if we have that entire mindset across the whole United States, then every tenant's gonna have a burr in their saddle and they're not gonna look at a landlord as a quality person. You're better off trying to be a quality person and say, look, let's see how we can work together. Now, as an example, a personal, personal example, I have investment properties. When COVID hit, I gave my tenants a break. I cut their rent in half. A half of it was enough to make the mortgage payment. I didn't need any profit. These people were suffering. They were in the food industry, okay, Mm -hmm. in the service industry. So when it came time to go back to work, we slowly stepped up their rent back to a amount that is profitable, quote, quote, for them, Mm -hmm. and profitable for me as the investor, okay? It was better for me to do that because they appreciated the fact that I was willing to reduce their rent to help them out. And they went a step beyond by saying, okay, now that we're back in, I actually have a better job than I did. We'll pay you more money than the the normal rent to help you recover. It was a great win-win for them. But one, they had the time to recover and eventually I'll get paid back the profit that I for gold getting. Mm-hmm.
1: So it sounds like, in all of this, realistically, it's just about communication. It, bottom line is, it's just about communication. As a landlord, communicating with your tenants that this is coming up, this is ending, so therefore you got to start paying again and having that realistic conversation of how can we get back what has not been paid. And also for tenants, don't let it just be on the landlords to come to you because they may just come to you with an eviction notice that says get out. You know, it, realistically, it's, it's tenants taking control of this and maybe calling their landlord and saying, "Listen, we know this is happening. What do we need to do to remain tenants of yours and smooth these waters over and pay back what we haven't been paying for whatever reason?" Right? It's 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 about having an honest conversation.
0: Yeah, I think being proactive as a tenant is always the best. You know, go to the landlord, say, I understand you're in this because you're doing it for a profit, obviously, um, and you haven't been making any profit. I don't want to really move because the displacement and going to try and find someplace else, especially if I've been evicted and have an eviction notice, Mm -hmm. you know, when you do credit applications, is not going to be good. Um, I don't think the majority of the landlords want to lose their tenants if they're quality tenants. Now, if they've taken advantage and trashed the place, that's totally different. But and, and most of the, like, the tenants that I have, they're quality people. So why not work with them? Yeah. And why not be the tenant that raises their hand and say, hey, I want to make this right. How can, you know, I'm back to work or, um, or you know, I came into some money or something like that. Hel- let me help you. hmm recover from what you went through, as well as you allowed me to recover what I went through,
1: right? Do you you see landlords who, let's say they have a three bedroom, two bath, you know, $1,500 a month rent, that rent has been, let's say, halved. So they've been getting $750 a month for the last 12 months. Their tenant can't afford to pay that back, increasing their rent is going to you know put them over the bread line where they can't afford to live is it is it a smart decision for that landlord at that point to look at the market and potentially you know if they are going to evict that tenant sell that property or hold it and re-rent it again mm-hmm. with the demand being as crazy as it is with without you know with not a lot of properties on the market you know, as an investor yourself, what would you do?
0: So I'm seriously contemplating that too. I'm contemplating on moving some investment properties that I have because the market is so hot. It's not red hot, it is white hot mm-hmm. right now. So. I'm weighing, okay, if I can sell this property and get X amount of dollars as a profit before we get to a 40% capital gains tax, which is what the government's thinking about doing. And even if they don't do it, it's enough to scare you what might happen next year. If they do do it, it may be retroactive to the first of this year. So even if I sell it, I may have to pay that 40% uh, tax on my gain. Will that, 40, will that profit margin I have when I sell the property give me a return that's equal to or greater than what I'm getting as the cash flow on the property? So these are analyses that you need to do. A lot of investors right now are thinking I want the cash cuz I don't know if the real estate market is going to crash, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about real estate market crashing in our next episode. Uh, is it possibility, is it not a possibility, is it going to be a big crash, is it going to be a leveling? But that's for next show. I would say to you, Matt, if you're tired of tenants and toilets and you you know, you remember when Investing in real estate as a rental property was a good idea, <laughs> yeah. and now it's maybe not such a good idea. Get a hold of a realtor. You know, get a hold of us. We can refer realtors throughout the United States. But in general, if you've got a great property and you've got good, solid tenants that just went through a hard time, you should work with those tenants. But if you've got tenants that aren't that, and you really want to get them out, you may be best off just planting the sign for sale sign in the front yard, taking the profit. I wouldn't recommend um, Bitcoin, but maybe you put a little bit into an investment vehicle that can give you a safe rate of return right now until this rise in prices levels itself out. Diversify a little. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams southern Arizona franchise
1: also we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing
0: now let's get you back to the podcast
1: so to kind of wrap up then it, it you know it it sounds like the most important thing for tenants and for landlords is clear and concise communication yep don't just wait until this comes to an end and it kind of hit you in the face and then deal with it, start to deal with it now, have the communication, you know, both parties come together and communicate. And if you are a landlord and are managing the property yourself, which a lot of people do, they don't pay property managers, they just, you know, they're the ones that are getting the phone calls at midnight if the toilet's leaking. If you're not working with a property manager to actually reach out to a realtor and talk this through. Because you know a lot of realtors like you have investment properties, have been an investment owner for many many years. You can sit down and look at the bigger thirty thousand foot picture and say, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to um, restart your lease, increase your rates, work this out, or this is the value of your home. You should really think about selling it.
0: Yep. Right. See a lot of a lot of investors, they're in it for the profit, right? There hasn't been much in the last twelve, fourteen months on, mm-hmm. for most investors. What they have, been benefit to is the equity elevator right now. So the prices of homes are just climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. That elevators is, is going up. Mm-hmm. So you've benefited from the whole pie, meaning the house appreciation rate in some areas as much as 24% year over year. Yeah. I mean, that's a significant amount of profit. So maybe to offset, you may want to think about selling. Okay. okay. Um, just some advice to sit down and meet with somebody, whether it's your financial advisor, a real estate agent, an attorney, talk to somebody who knows something about investing and say, hey, is is now the right time? The fruit looks ripe. Should I be picking it and making a nice fruit salad?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. So great insight. Um, Again, it boils down to if you want more information, if you are a tenant and you want more information about what this uh, eviction moratorium means to you, please reach out. Uh, Whether you're here locally in Tucson or across the nation, we can connect you with professionals that can get you the right information. Uh, And the same for landlords. If you're a landlord and want to know what the next steps are, again, reach out or we can connect you here locally or internationally. Um, Tom, great episode. Thank you so much. Look forward to the next one.
0: All right, Matt, and on our next episode, everyone, is what is a real estate bubble, and are we actually in one? Mm -hmm. Until next time, stay safe, America. See you later. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty
1: Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.